There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I am Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, joined by Tennessee Titans beat writer Ben Arthur. What's going on, people? And Ben and I were... We're kind of looking for something to talk about this week because the Titans don't have a game. It's a good problem to have this week. Uh, they're the only team with a bye in the AFC playoffs. They get to sit at home and watch six other AFC teams fight it out in order to stay in the playoffs and continue to play the next weekend with the Titans, who are guaranteed two home games as long as they keep playing in the playoffs. So, Ben, we've decided to talk – postseason awards we're going to give out some different awards in different categories for players on the titans team seemed like a good time to do that right yep yep well we're kind of doing our own version of the nfl honors thing that of course is usually uh during super bowl uh weekend i believe um so with the re- regular season now in, in the books uh for the titans we'll kind of do our own version uh with with tennessee so we'll, we have 11 categories um, so MVP, uh, op- offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, most improved. We're kind of going through all that. Um, and we also have some uh, kind of unique categories as well, like best free agent signing, best coordinator, the second half of the season MVP. So, And just so you guys know, Gentry and I have not talked about our choices uh, for each True. of these categories. True. So that could make for some interesting debates or, or commentary, what have you. So um i guess i gentry if you're, you're fine with this i think i will start uh with mvp and i said jeff simmons um obviously i think if Derek played the entire season Derek henry played the entire season he would probably be the mvp because he would have maybe rushed for 2000 yards again at least you know 17 1800 plus yards but uh, Jeff Simmons was the best player on the Titans' best unit this season. Career high, um, eight and a half sacks. Uh, really became started to become a superstar uh, this season. Um, you know, he, he's right behind Aaron Donald in terms of best defensive tackles in the NFL. If you ask me, uh, the, the All Pro teams are going to be announced on Friday, and I'd fully expect him to be on that list, despite the fact that he wasn't uh, named a pro bowler. Um, Jeff has been uh, incredible this year. He's taken kind of that step that everyone, you know, kind of hoped, but I I think that step has been maybe even larger than some had anticipated. I think in part because of some of the guys they brought in to help, um, but uh, just kind of the whole package with Jeff Simmons. um, I I think he's a easy MVP uh, for me this season. I um, agree. That that was my choice as well. I also had Jeffrey Simmons for the MVP. Um, the, the tricky thing is, everyone that, that Ben and I we're, we're choosing an MVP and an Offensive Player of the Year and a Defensive Player of the Year. So because both of us had Jeffrey Simmons as MVP, I bet you I know who Ben had for Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> you could you really could either go with Kevin Byard or Jeffrey Simmons. I, I think you you really could make a case for Byard as MVP. Both of those guys are kind of inspirational leaders, not just for the defense, but really for the whole team. And I think with what 
I think KB's influence is strong enough to justify the fact that, yeah, he's the team's only Pro Bowl or he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. The Jeffrey Simmons deserved to be in the Pro Bowl, too. The fact that he's not is a joke. There was actually a Hard Knocks episode, Ben. I don't know if you saw this, where the Colts, they, they had them voting on the Pro Bowl. Uh, they had them sitting around talking about that. And one of the Colts players actually said, do you have Jeffrey Simmons on there? You need to have Jeffrey Simmons on there. Mm. Like they actually said, and then he doesn't make the team, and I think he got motivated. I do. I think it it fired Jeffrey Simmons up that he didn't make the team, and and he should have. That to me, Aaron. If Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL, which he probably is, Jeffrey Simmons is getting to where he's at least in that same zip code. Absolutely. And that's a Pro Bowl player, and he's and I agree, an MVP MVP player. And let's just go ahead and kill the suspense here for. I would imagine you did have Kevin Byard as defensive player of the year. I didn't actually. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, a little twist for you. And yeah, for Kevin Byard could be MVP. He could be defensive player of the year in terms of the Titans. I mean, he's he fits all those categories for everything you said and his interception totals uh were near the top of the league, but I with with offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year, I really looked at just kind of the stats. And just with sack numbers, uh, I had to put Harold Landry there. T- uh, career high, twelve sacks. The team, the team sack leader, a couple sacks off of uh, the single season record, uh, at, at least for the Titans era. Uh, for the Titans, um, yeah, Her- Her- Harold Landry is my guy here. I, I think, like many uh, of uh, the guys on defense, I think he's a, a he's benefited from. A lot of the additions uh, they've brought in, um, you know, Danico Autry is kind of the first guy that comes to mind. And I think everyone on that front kind of helps each other. But uh, just in terms of you look at his pure statistical production, Harold Landry has led the defensive front when you just look at that. So um, for that reason, um, Harold Landry is my defensive player of the year. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. The fact that we're even like have multiple options here tells you that the defense, uh, how much the defense improved from last year. Uh, the fact that, that we're even doing this I, for uh, for offensive player of the year. I, I mean, I agree with what you said earlier. It was clearly going to be Derek. And, and I think, I mean, obviously if AJ Brown had been healthy for 17 games, I don't think there'd been any doubt it would have been him, but they weren't. So I think the offensive player of the year is still Ryan Tannehill because he was the consistent he held everything together when everything was falling apart offensively. The only thing that, that gave them a chance for about a month was the fact that their quarterback was still healthy. And Ryan Tannehill, while not outstanding, uh, he did he definitely regressed this year statistically from where he's been. But with everything that was going on around him, I always appreciated the stability he usually brought. Now I understand, you know, a couple of games they lost to the Texans, they threw a bunch of interception, and, and look, it was really ugly at times. But I feel like Tannehill, there is no way they're 12 and 5 without Ryan Tannehill staying healthy the rest of the year, with this, the whole year, with everything else they had going on. Had they lost him too, we might be covering a team that isn't even going to the playoffs. That's how important he was. So I, I, I think to me, it's an easy choice for player of the year offensively. Yeah, Tannehill is a great choice. But again, you know, I, I have someone different. I, I kind of I put Derek because he missed. Two, he missed nine games, like two months, and he still led the team in touches and yards from scrimmage. 
Um, again, kind of going projecting what his season could have been if he stayed healthy. It's just kind of ridiculous to think about. But just as I did for defensive player of the year, looking at that pure statistical production, um, from a pure statistical standpoint, Derek was the Titans' best offensive player. And um, and, and you look at the end-of-season totals in, in regards to running backs, he was ninth in rushing yards and seventh in rushing touchdowns. And his rushing average uh, per game uh, in terms of total yards was still number one in the league. And so when you look at a guy who's mi- who who hadn't hasn't played since Halloween and and just looking how his standing despite all of that, that's why I put him as offensive player of the year. Although I I do see why you put Ryan. And well, I mean, I, look, if we had a first half MVP. There you go. I mean, yeah. that's our, that's. That, I that's, think that might because I remember we, we did this kind of podcast earlier in the season. I think I may have put. I think both of us may have put even Derek there. Um, but but yeah, just because of what he he did when he played, I just couldn't ignore it. I had to put. Oh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's a good pick. I did. If there's a category for clearly the best player on the Tennessee Titans, yeah, that would go to Derrick Henry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, him coming back is a big deal, big deal. Uh, all right. So we're, we're going out comeback player of the year. Uh, I kind of went back and forth on this because th- this is always an interesting category to me. Uh, ben, but before you were on the beat, uh, Ryan Tannehill won this and the NFL's comeback player of the year award in 2019. And a lot of people were like, come back from what? Playing for the Dolphins? Because I mean, it's, it's true though. It's like just how do you define comeback? You know. So yeah. my comeback player of the year for the Titans would be Deontay Foreman, because I feel like he he gained the most in his career this season. He'll probably have a home with the Titans, but he played well enough. He might have a home somewhere else as like a number one guy if if things fall right for him. I truly believe he was that good the last few weeks. Uh, he really he took a step forward that I don't think Jeremy McNichols and and Hilliard did. Like Foreman kind of emerged as as a as a legit back here. And when you look at his pedigree with what he did at Texas, this guy this guy was in the voting for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he was a star college football player. He was a third round pick. The only reason it didn't work out for him in Houston was they said at the time maturity issues. It, it didn't work out. It, it look it didn't what it, how, for whatever reason it didn't work out for him in Houston. It was not because of his ability as a running back, and his ability as a running back I think has become more apparent here the last few weeks. So there, there's my uh, comeback player of the year for the Titans. They they were lucky to have Deontay Foreman. He did well for him. That's a, that's a good choice, G. Uh, for my for my comeback player of the year is Christian Fulton. Uh, kind of with the way I looked at comeback player of the year, and and as you kind of alluded to with with the Ryan. Tannehill conversation you could look at comeback um you could define that in, in many ways and and for me I looked at a guy in Christian who basically I mean his, his rookie season was, was nothing he, he played what six games didn't really have much of an impact never got into a rhythm because of uh the injury he faced he's come back this year and, and at times he's had stretches this season where he's looked like a pro bowl caliber corner he's been their full-time starter on the right side um alongside jack rabbit uh so it so he 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 was my choice uh for that deontay foreman another guy deserving um 
and and a lot of and we'll, we'll find that a lot of these guys you can put them with, with for for different awards. It just kind of depends on how we defined uh, each one. But to kind of move on, Gentry to most improved, I have uh, Nick Westbrook Aquina. Um, he's been the Titans' most available uh, uh, receiver this season, and, and he's taken advantage and he's played above expectations. I mean, he was he he had close to 500 receiving yards this season. There was a lot of talk uh, last year about kind of the drops he had. I, I remember reading some old stories when I wasn't on the beat about him having so many dropped balls, and he, he's just a special teams guy. And then there was the rumblings uh, that I guess the Titans had confidence in him heading into this season. But I think that's really manifested itself this year. He's been Ryan Tannehill clearly trusts him so much, and he's done, I think, way better than anyone expected. Uh, just some of the deep uh, passes he, he's been able to, to corral, the explosive plays that I don't think anyone really expected of him. Uh, he's been on the receiving end of those, and uh, he had what he, he, he had only like 30 something receiving yards last year. He's close to 500 for 2021 in, in his second season after going undrafted out of Indiana. Uh, NWI is my choice for most improved. Like that. That's a good pick. Uh, the Titans offense, you, you, you wonder where they would have been without him at some points this season where he, he clearly was the, uh, he was the number one receiver. And I, and I don't think at any point when you got an undrafted free agent out of Indiana, I don't think he would have ever expected to, to be to be in that position. And he was, and he handled it reasonably well. Uh, mine, I'll go the other side of the ball and say David Long. I, I think he's a ex- mm. very improved uh, from last year. David Long really wasn't much of a factor uh, last season. He, he seemed to be more of one in 19 than he was in 20. Uh, there seemed to be... I'm not going to say regression, but you just didn't see him flash as much last season. And, you know, all of a sudden this season, he really took a big step forward. Um, you know, he became a key part of that defense. And I think, a, you know, a, a central figure moving forward uh, in that defense, uh, in which I think there will be some turnover at the position. They needed a guy like him to step forward. I think that's why they drafted Monty Rice in the third round, was they needed somebody to kind of step forward at that position. Sure enough, it was David Long, a former six-rounder, who I think um, has really emerged as a uh, as a quality pro this year for the Titans. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that David Long was a the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. The only reason he dropped was because of like his size and you know the the perceived lack of coverage skills. But he's been great. Like, and I wonder what he would have done if he played the full season, right? Because if you remember, there was a stretch he missed six straight games. He also missed a game earlier in the year too. So. Um, he and Zach Cunningham, man, that could be quite the tandem uh, at inside linebacker moving forward. Uh, to move on, uh, Gentry, best free agent signing. I bet we're um, going to be the same here. Yeah, I think we're the same here. Uh, Danico Autry, man. I thought about him for the MVP honors, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I did too. <laughs> I, I can't even lie. I, I thought about him there just because of... We know we, we've talked about how this defense has been the best unit for, for the Titans this season. Their massive jump is largely because of him. Like what, what he's opened up for guys like Harold um, and Jeff, you know, becoming the superstar um, that he's becoming now. It's largely because of Danico and, and kind of the attention he draws. He's versatile as well. He plays end. He plays tackle. 
He plays outside linebacker, uh, tied, you know, tied his career high with, with nine sacks. Uh, and, and considering the deal that they got him for, I think it was like three years, 21, 22 million. I mean, that was a steal. And they <laughs> took him from the Colts. And they took him from their rival. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not know how the Colts let him slip away, especially at that price. But uh, he's been a revelation for the Titans this season, and he's been far and away their best free agent. Yeah, and you know I think Bud Dupree's been productive when he's been out there. But I, yeah, this one doesn't really surprise me because even during the free agent period, I love this signing, and I think most Titans people did. Because every time they played the Colts, Danico Autry just drove them crazy. He absolutely wrecked shop against the Titans offense and had done it for years. So I think every that this was a matter of can't beat him, join him kind of situation. It's like, let's go pay that guy, bring him in. Was, I, I, I even then you could see what they were trying to gonna try to do with him. He was gonna be versatile. He could do a lot of things for him and really help their interior pass rush, which which they needed it at the time. Great, great addition. Great addition. And we moved to best rookie. I I got a hunch we're probably going to be the same here, too. Uh, it's got to be Elijah Molden because he's he's played a lot more than any of the other rookies. Yeah. Which, by the way, Ben, we're, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. I was at the uh, Predators game last night, and the guy sounded the siren before the third period. That's one Caleb Farley. First, Man, I'd I haven't heard him of him from in a while. <laughs> first, I'd seen him Caleb Farley in a while. He seemed to be moving around okay. Uh, I think next year Caleb Farley is going to be a very closely watched individual when it gets to uh, OTAs and training camp and what is this guy going to be capable of doing. But in the meantime, uh, yeah. yeah, if you look at the rookie class and what they got out of all these guys, it's clearly Elijah Molden. Yeah, R- Ray Dunn's had that one g- good game against the 49ers, but outside of that, he hasn't done a whole lot. Rashad Weaver on IR, Caleb Farley, like you said, on IR, Brady Breeze isn't even on the team, Racy McMatch is special teams. Des Fitzpatrick isn't a factor. It's without a doubt Elijah Molden. He plays the majority of the defensive snaps. He low-key was kind of getting cooked by Danny Amendola uh, in, in the regular season finale against yeah, the was. Texans. Um, <laughs> but other than that, he he's had a what, really wasn't very low-key, really. Yeah, it wasn't low-key <laughs> at all. It was just kind of being nice. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Elijah's been great. Um, yeah, for for the most uh, most of the season, and he's I, I think he has the potential to be one of the best slot uh, corners um, in the NFL for a very long time. And Gentry, before we move on to our next category, I wanted to tell you guys, our, our listeners, um, about our new sports app we've launched as part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts the fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and more by downloading USA Today Sports Plus from the App Store today. USA Today Sports Plus dot fan harder. Gentry, next category, uh, Best Coordinator Award, is going to uh, Shane Bowen for me. Um, I, I know, and, and before I kind of go into as to why, I, I did want to say what would With Todd Downing, I I know he's received a lot of criticism this year, um, but I I think you have to look at the success he's had in spite of missing Derrick Henry for nine games, Julio for seven games, AJ for six games, their third down numbers, their uh, red zone numbers, and their uh, first down numbers have all been pretty strong 
despite of all that. You, you know, you can look at the the play calling or the the scripted part of the game plan in in, in the the first quarter as kind of being an issue. But overall, I think Todd has done uh, d- a decent job with what he's kind of had to work with. But man, it's so hard to debate against Shane Bowen, just what this defense has become this season with him uh, becoming like the DC for real. Um, they're, I mean, they're playing their light, the, the lights out, like the pass rush is elite. The run defense finished second um, in the league. Uh, I, I believe they finished sixth, um, sixth in scoring defense, uh, just a complete 360 from what this unit was last year when they finished when, when they're historically bad on third down, allowing teams to convert like 53 something percent of, of third downs. I mean, they have really bunkered down this year and and they haven't needed to 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 blitz because their the front pressure has been great and the communication from top to bottom uh with the defensive staff to the players has been has been kind of a lot better uh this season i think Shane Bone is kind of the easy um choice here seconded for the same reasons you said although you know, I did not not to to say Todd Downing's done a bad job because he hasn't. I think yeah, well, yeah I think Downing's done okay, but uh, yeah, best coordinator, quite the year for Shane Bowen. Uh, we we we, I personally, as the columnist, have been awfully critical at times of the defense and Shane Bowen, and um, there's some attrition on my part for that. He's earned that. The defense has been very good this year. Uh, you you've asked we, tricky one here on second half MVP, right? Because you could say Simmons and Byard for the same reason, but I felt like, I don't know, I gave this one to Tannehill too. It's for the reason I said earlier, it's because he held everything together on offense when they didn't really have anybody. You could make a case for, I mean, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Foreman, you know, some of the guys on offense that they really had step up and kind of bail them out. But again, you're saying most valuable player for that second half stretch Again, who could you least do without with everything else going on? It was Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. The again, another category where you can we can go a lot of different directions. But for the same reasons you chose Deontay Foreman for comeback player of the year, are the same reasons I chose him for second half mm-hmm. of the season MVP. I mean, pretty much since the moment he's he, he came in off the street um, after that Halloween game, Derek got hurt. I mean, he's. He's been RB1. It's been, I guess, somewhat of a, a committee approach, but these last several weeks, he's really established himself as the guy. I mean, close to 600 yards rushing, you know, coming in uh, midseason. Um, you know, like you said, he's probably maybe earned himself a payday um, to, to be, a, be a starter elsewhere um, if the Titans can't keep him. Um, you know, he's kept the, the run game afloat um and and you know the the offense obviously has had its struggles with with turnovers and and whatnot you know in the early part of the second half of the season I mean what would the run game if if knowing what the struggles they had in that department I mean what would if the run game wasn't on point as well I mean you can just kind of think of how bad it could have gotten if they didn't really have form in play the way he was playing so um, for me, uh, Foreman is is the guy there. 
Um, we're, we're probably not giving it with both of our selections. We're probably not giving enough love to the offensive line collectively. Yeah. For kind of holding things together, especially, especially in the run game. I think pass protection wise, they've struggled, but you know, I, I don't know who you would pick out of the, the group, but I do feel like uh, the offensive line has been much better when they've had all five of their guys healthy here in the last few games. You can tell a, an enormous difference. I think when then, you know, Saffold's playing a whole game, you know, uh, every everybody's right. Everybody's together. The ones out there, it it they they've been a lot better, and I think that's going to to really really help them in the postseason. I'll just just throwing that out there for for the guys we've overlooked in the whole process. Yeah, that that's a good one. And just one quick one, I I wanted to add on in terms of second half MVP. I mean, you can look even though he's not underrated. I mean, AJ Brown, the instant impact he had as soon as he kind of came back from IR. I mean. The passing game was night and day, uh, just completely different as soon as he came back. So you he could won, say he won them a key game against the exactly. 49 so They needed that Thursday night game. Yes, yep. that was a huge game for them. It turned yep. things, you know, at, at, and and a huge yes. Had AJ been out there more often and more healthy, I mean, it really is a shame because I think if he'd stayed healthy this year, AJ really could have had a crazy year. Uh, with every, every without Henry and now they're going to have to rely on him and well I think he had what 16 targets in that San Francisco game or something like that I mean you really could have seen a whole season of that if he'd been healthier yeah that that would have been nuts um so next category um unsung hero so again a, a lot of the same reasons why you had Ryan Tannehill well, for well, this is is this unsung hero looking or, back or unsung hero moving forward I mean, I think unsung. Well, the, I guess. See, this is maybe where we kind of went different directions with this award. I mean, I kind of looked at unsung hero up to this point, um, and and I think at least from well, even I guess maybe locally too. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, just because of uh, just the season he's had, just the numbers obviously regressing statistically from from what he did in 2019 and in 2020. Um, just the fact, like, like you were saying earlier, he's been there every single game. I mean, we, we could have gotten so much worse for the offense if he wasn't out there. Um, the, the steady leadership. I mean, the, the way Todd Downing, Vrabel talk, A.J. Brown talk about kind of how he's kind of kept the offense um, together amidst all the continuity issues they've had and, and the injuries and whatnot. Um, and then you, you look at these past three games he's had heading into the playoffs, um, you know, he's kind of reminding people a little bit like, hey, like, you know, maybe I'm not like a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, but, you know, he's capable of being a championship level quarterback. And he, I know people in Nashville know that he doesn't always get that kind of um, respect nationally. And, and so that's kind of why I went with Tannehill for this award. I remember years ago the Raiders made the Super Bowl with Rich Gannon. Ryan Tannehill kind of reminds me. He's about, you know, Rich Gannon was a good quarterback. You yeah. know. All right. So uh, if we're saying unsung hero over the course of a season, I, I I dug fairly deep on this one and I went with Naquan Jones on the defensive line. Mm. Because you don't ever hear about Naquan Jones. And that guy played Tier Tart to an extent too, although it, he, you know, he was getting some love before the season. Naquan Jones came out of nowhere. That guy was an undrafted free agent. When, when they signed him, I saw jokes on Twitter. Somebody saying, you know, because they lost uh, Daquan Jones, 
last year, who was such a, a big part of what they were doing on defense. And they go, yeah, Naquan Jones is straight up Naquan in a mustache. <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> but I mean, he, he was same position, all this, but no, he, he came in and he played really well. I, I, if you really watched him here in the last couple of months, he was, he was effective. The Titans, I think are what, like number two in the league against the run. I'm going to Yeah, I'm, they're number 2. They finished the regular season number 2 defending the run. You don't do that without a good run stopper type in the middle of the line and to think that they were able to get that guy you know as an undrafted free agent. And and Tier Tart was also an undrafted free agent. You know, so these these are two guys that they they didn't have to spend a draft pick on. They're not to spend a lot of money on them. They lost a good guy last season and were able to replace him very easily. That was a huge, you know, it's, it's a huge part of what they've done here. And I, I think uh, so. So that's my unsung hero looking back. But here's my unsung hero for the playoffs. Mm. And a guy who I think could win a game for him. His name is Julio Jones. And you may have heard of him. But because I, I think, you know, he's he's been on the field a little bit this year. But, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of been, been behind the scenes. You know, <laughs> dealt with some Tending to his hamstring. Yeah, you know, it's been real quiet around him. There hasn't been a lot of talk about his targets or any of the, you know. <laughs> but, no, I I, I do think uh, there's going to be a moment in the next couple of weeks that the Tennessee Titans are very glad that Julio Jones is on their football team. And, and I, I think, I don't know when it is, but I think he's a guy who will still make a play in a big moment, especially in the red zone. And I think he, you know, look, there's not a lot of guys on this Titans roster who've played in the Super Bowl. I, I, there's probably another at some point that has that I'm not thinking of. Hmm. But Julio's played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, Julio did enough to win a Super Bowl. If you remember his catch against the Patriots in the, late in that game. And I think there's a lot of value in a guy who won a national championship in college, played in the Super Bowl in the pros. You get him in these kind of big games, and he will know what he is doing, and he will make a play. He will know how to make a play. He may not be out there 85% of the snaps. Uh, he may get banged up. Uh, he may frustrate everyone with his availability. But if if the game is if a playoff game is on the line, I want that dude on the field. Yeah, that's uh, actually a perfect segue into kind of my last award, biggest disappointment, because it, for me it has been Julio. But that's not to say he can't have this tremendous impact in the postseason. Both can be true. The fact that. He was disappointing in the in the regular season because of his availability with the hamstring and and the lack of targets or Tannehill not seeing him or not having enough time to target him or Julio not being Julio. I mean, whatever, however you want to look at it, there are a number of ways to look at it. But Julio was not Julio that we've known in the regular season. That said, and as you alluded to, that does not mean Julio won't deliver for the Titans in the playoffs when they need him. That's a big reason why if, if you're J-Rob, you take a gamble uh, for, you know, a high-priced, you know, high-end receiver like like Julio Jones um, to kind of get your team over the hump. It's not over the hump in, in the regular season. It's for in the postseason, in, in those biggest moments where you need a guy just to make a play for you. And Julio has been that his entire career. And, and I... I I kind of agree with you. I do think we're going to see something from Julio if the Titans do go, go on a run um, where we, we're kind of reminded of kind of what he's been. And, and I think slowly but surely that chemistry with he and Tannehill has grown and we saw him get a season high in targets and 
the regular season finale. I think that's something for them to build on. Yeah, um, I agree. Into the You're starting to round. see it trend up a little bit. Exactly. And I, you know, and I, I think there was a lot of talk about, you know, Julio kind of was asked about targets and, and he made a point about you got to have the opportunity. And I think that got misconstrued a little bit, in my opinion. I don't think Julio was talking about Tannehill isn't throwing me the ball as much as he was talking about I didn't stay healthy. You know, because he was getting a question about his stats and his numbers not meshing with how much he's being paid, which is true. I mean, his production hasn't. But I don't think Julio was making a complaint about how much he was being thrown the ball. And that got painted that way. There were a lot of people that took it that way. And I don't know if you would agree with that or not. And I'm kind of off topic here. But I I think Julio has been a good teammate. I think he's. he's, Yeah. Exactly. He's not been a problem. It's it's not – this isn't a situation of one of the top receivers in the league and a diva. Julio's never been that. Um, he's a guy who I think is probably frustrated that he hasn't been able to stay healthy, just like everybody else has been frustrated around that team that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But he's healthy now, and he's, he's trending up at the right time, just like Henry and so many other guys on defense, and that's why I think the Titans are scary. They're getting healthy at the right time having already been battle-tested and improved without their best guys. So now your third best guy at all these positions has been starting for two months and is pretty dang good and pretty confident in how he's playing right now. I think that's what makes the Titans scary. I I guess I need to pick a biggest disappointment on the player. I'm not going to elaborate on it, but I'll go with Jayon Brown. I think that's a guy who Mm, I thought a lot of before this season. He was a free agent. He didn't probably get the interest on the market that I think he probably thought he would. It's just my guess on how that played out. The Titans ended up bringing him back on a one-year deal. He wasn't even active in in, in Houston uh, on Sunday. And as far as I I know, that was a healthy scratch. So that's – if you're getting getting scratched in week 17, that's not a good sign. And it's not a good sign for a guy who's been extremely productive for that defense in the last couple of years – uh, you look for at the trade for or them picking up Zach Cunningham off waivers, and what David Long has done this year, and it, you don't really you don't really see you don't much see of a where path. he fits. Yeah, no, no you That's don't. A good so. All right, well that'll do it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Ben Arthur, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks so much for listening. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean.